Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. All right, we're here for another week. I'm Carrie. I'm Kelly. And, and we're, we're Identical, identical Twins. twins. <laughs> All right, so this is a big week for us, Kelly. It is. We are in full school mode right now. I mean, I our lives are just so busy. And do you feel like your voice is tired? Voice is tired. A lot of talking, a lot of singing. I know. But we really want to share this song with you. Right. But you know what's funny is it's the hymn that we actually sing in our trailer. If you remember, it was just less than five minutes long. Right. And right. we just wanted people to hear it and get excited about the upcoming episodes. Right. So, and so we sang little tiny phrases from about, I don't know, four or five different hymns. Right. And this was one of them. Right. And so maybe people haven't even listened to this trailer. They have no idea what we've been talking about. Go back to your Go podcast <laughs> app. Look at all our episodes. Yes. Yeah. Wait, pause this one. <laughs> no, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. All right. So we are so excited to bring you this week's hymn on Hymn Talk, Talk Twin, Twin Talk. Talk. <laughs> all right. So we're going to drop some hints and okay. clues. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if people can guess. All right. So it is a, this, an old hymn. An oldie but a goodie. It's from our trailer. Mm -hmm. So it's two hints right there. I know, two big hints. Yeah. The hymn writer is female. That's a big one. That's a big one. Now, she is considered the queen of gospel songwriters. Okay. <laughs> She's also considered, and I'm quoting this, the mother of modern congregational singing in America. Mm. Wow. I would like to be the mother of congregational singing in Reading. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of think you are. Maybe I am. Maybe All right, I am. She, here's another hint. Okay. She was inducted into the Gospel Music Association's Hall of Fame in 1975. Mm -hmm. Are you ready okay, to tell Okay, so them? there's one more big hint. Oh, that's right. So if you think you know who the hymn writer is up till now, this final clue will sort of solidify that, and you'll know whether or not you're right. right. The final clue, Kelly? All right. This female hymn writer mm -hmm. was blind. Hmm. So her full name is Frances Jane Crosby. She's known by so many as Fanny Crosby. <laughs> and the hymn that we're going to be talking about today is... Blessed Assurance. Oh, I mean, this is a great hymn, right? This is a great hymn. People love this song. People love it. And there's and it's just done so much. We've done it as a choir song, mm -hmm. and it's been so great. We sing it as a congregation. And it, it gets it gets requested at our hymn sings yeah. every week. Yeah. The title is Blessed Assurance. The interesting thing about this is that we only sing those words, blessed assurance. We only sing that one time in the entire hymn. Right. 
It's just at the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you you might look at it and think, wow, maybe it should be named after the refrain, this is my story. Right. But I don't know. It's that blessed assurance. So we used to sing this in choir. I mean, we have an awesome choir anthem of it. Yeah, we and do. And the choir had such a fun time singing it. And years ago... There was a, a guy named Ed in our choir, uh-huh. and I always we always kind of thought that we were singing about him because we would say "Bless Ed Assurance," mm. "Bless Ed." That's funny. <laughs> you know, a couple of times I I saw it in print during my research, mm-hmm. and in print it would spell it, but the E D would be capitalized. Yes, I've seen that too. So they're like making sure the reader understands it's not a one syllable word. Right. Please make that second syllable sound for the ED, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Like, it's almost like a joke. I know. Really? Bless Ed. Bless Ed. Yeah. Assurance. Yeah. All right. We have so much information on Fanny Crosby. I know. We actually kind of decided, you guys, that we wanted to dedicate an entire episode to Fanny Crosby. Right. Like, in the future, because what she did and how she contributed to our current repertoire of church music, Mm -hmm. I mean, huge. Right. So I think maybe some milestone. Yes, like our 50th episode or something. like a year from now. I don't know. Maybe 25. 20. Maybe 12. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we want to focus a little bit on Fanny because she's awesome. She was brilliant. Mm -hmm. And there's so many interesting things about her. And she really did overcome a lot. I mean, Mm. how many female hymn writers do we even know? And here's one who was blind and wrote. I don't know how many, 8,000? 9,000? 10,000? It depends on where you look, but yeah. they have, there's so many. Yeah, she really is amazing. And, and I was talking to someone about her, and he said, she didn't write the words. God did. Right. And it was just amazing to think about. Like, she brought them to life. They were anointed words, but they weren't hers. Right. They, were, they came from God. Right. Let's talk about this Frances Jane Crosby. Yes. She was born in the village of Southeast in Putnam County in New York on March 24th, 1820. Wow. So just last spring, she would have been celebrating her 200th birthday. And, you know, this Putnam County is Mm -hmm. kind of a famous place. I think it's kind of funny. Okay. So Putnam is in the southeast corner of New York State. It's about an hour from New York City and about three hours from Boston. So you know, we could leave right now and get there in three hours. You want to do it, I want to go to Putnam County. So Putnam County is the setting for that musical, the 25th Annual Spelling Bee. Do you know that show? Yes, that's right, the Putnam Mm -hmm. County. So it's famous from the musical. That's funny. I know. And... It, it well, I read about it. It's it's very desirable. There's mm-hmm. lots of luxury homes. So Putnam County boasts by far the highest number of famous residents. Oh my gosh! I wonder if they do the bus tours. <laughs> you, I wonder if you could see where Fanny Crosby was born. <laughs> well, her house is no longer there, but there is like this historical plaque that's right. there, and it says that that was. That was where her house was. Yeah. I mean, we should totally go and I would love to do that. Take our picture next to the sign. Yes. (laughs) All right. So here's a little bit, some fun facts. Are you ready? These are people who also lived in Putnam County. Are you ready? The late folk singer and environmental activist, Peter Seeger. Oh. Putnam County. (laughs) How about the actress, Elizabeth Victoria Montgomery? Oh, Is she from Bewitched? She is from Ah, Bewitched, yes. And how about this? The Facebook co-founder, Chris Hughes, lives there. Lives there currently? Yes. Wow, good for him. So Fanny Crosby lives in southeast, this village in Putnam County. She's the daughter of John and Mercy Crosby. So how did this 
blind girl from Putnam County end up being such a prolific hymn writer? Right. And arguably the most famous, the most well-known hymn writer we have here in America. Right. Now, interestingly, she did not write the music. She wrote the words. In fact, she was known as a poet. She was known as a poet. Yeah. So she ends up becoming friends with this woman named Phoebe Knapp. Okay. And Phoebe lived in New York. She's an adult. They're going to church together and they're worshiping. And we're going to talk about Phoebe a little bit later. But Phoebe wrote the music. She wrote music. She was always Mm. composing and playing tunes on her piano. Okay. So the story goes that she called her friend Fanny over and said, I have this new song. To, sh- to show you. So she plays the tune for Fanny and one of the things that I read said that when she was done playing she looked to see Fanny yeah. and Fanny was on her knees in prayer and mm. Phoebe didn't even know if she was really paying attention did she hear it? So she actually played it again and when she was done Fanny said I have the, I have the perfect words for this. Mm-hmm. But then I saw some stories that conflicted with that a little bit. So we don't really know the truth. But we do know that they did it together. And we do know that Fanny wrote the words fairly quickly. Since we've been researching Fanny, I've just been thinking about it. Hearing music, hearing this beautiful melody, and then figuring out the exact perfect right words to go with. Right, like the the rhythm and the emphasis on each syllable right. and like the, the number of syllables. I yeah. just feel like that would be so hard to do, especially right. quickly and only having heard it once or twice. Well, that's truly like the music, the tune itself is the... Is the... Inspiration! inspiration. <laughs> yeah, she was yeah. inspired by the tune. So we thought that we would let the listener have that exact experience, Right. okay? Just like Fanny Crosby that day in her living room heard the music being played on the piano for the first time, we want you to hear that. Mm for you. All right. So there's three verses Mm -hmm. and there's a refrain. This was a very common formula for hymns at this time. Verse one, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. (laughs) And then we have the refrain. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. All right, verse 2. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending bring from above 
Echoes of mercy, whispers of love. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I in my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. It's a great hymn. Why don't we just sing the refrain? Okay. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Let's talk about this fanny. Yeah. So we know that she was blind. Right. She got sick as an infant. She was only six weeks old, I yeah, read. Yeah. They called in the local doctor. Their regular family physician wasn't available. He had been out of town. So they called someone that they had never met before. Mm -hmm. He came to the house and he made this hot mustard poultice. Now, do you know what a poultice is, Cal? What's that? What's that? <laughs> I mean, is it a medicine? Well, it actually has a definition, and okay. it's a soft, moist mass of material, typically of plant material or flour, applied to the body to relieve soreness and inflammation. I could use one of those right now. <laughs> So, of course, this did not heal her, and she ended up losing her sight completely. They ended up realizing that he was kind of this quack, crazy doctor, and they ran him out of town. Right. Nobody ever saw him again. He wasn't a real doctor. No. Right. So, years later, she en they ended up going into New York to see a special doctor, and it was confirmed that she really had lost her sight, and she was never going to gain it back. Mm -hmm. And she was just an infant and then really like five months later and her father dies right so it's a very tragic sort of infancy right um it, very difficult for this mother but it does seem like fanny had a really good attitude and she was really positive Absolutely. and so she started writing poems and we have a poem that she wrote when she was eight mm. and i wanted to read it to you yeah let's she was hear it. only an eight-year-old so so think of an eight-year-old child in your life <laughs> And see if they would write something like this. Oh, what a happy soul am I, although I cannot see. I am resolved that in this world, contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't. To weep and sigh because I'm blind, I cannot and I won't. That's a great attitude. Now, her mother had to go to work, so she worked really a lot of hours mm -hmm. as a maid and she was being raised by her grandmother right and the grandmother i think taught her so much about these values mm -hmm. uh, her grandmother used to read scripture to her all mm -hmm. the time and fanny crosby would memorize them mm -hmm. and this is a shout out to all of our christian grandmothers yep. who helped raise us and helped us grow in our faith mm -hmm. you know i mike our grandmother was our sunday school teacher yeah, for years for years and there are some things that are just cemented mm -hmm. in my memory of what she said how she taught the stories that, from the bible that she would bring to life yeah. for us yeah. and i know that our mother is a grandmother who's Helping mm -hmm. our kids grow, in, grow their in their faith. Yeah, yeah. So she so had, grandmother was awesome. Yeah, and Fanny Crosby had an amazing memory. Yes, I read that she had memorized the first five books of the of the Old Testament, all of the Proverbs, mm -hmm. the Gospels, 
the Song of Solomon, and many psalms. So she just listened to her grandmother yeah. reading them, and she had this aptitude for memory. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Carrie, do you think you have a good memory? I think I have a great memory. <laughs> All right. So, like, you know, what can you remember of our childhood? Like, do you remember our... Bus? 213. I think it was 213. <laughs> do you remember, like, your homeroom in high school? No. No, me neither. No, no. <laughs> All right. So I have a list of five words. Five words. Is this, this is like a be... pop quiz? It's not really a pop quiz. Okay. It's like a it's just a test. Okay. And we're gonna test everyone at home too. Okay. All right. So five words. Mm-hmm. And you just have to remember them. I'm gonna ask you them later on in the podcast. Are you ready? I th- should people write them down? No, you can't write them down. It's a memory test. Well, okay. Okay. Ready? In your head. Go. Eleven. Eleven. Short. Short. Forest. Forest. Whatever. Whatever. Toll booth. Toll booth. I already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven. Eleven. Short. Short. Forest. Forest. Whatever. Whatever. Toll booth. Toll booth. Eleven. Seriously? I want the people at home to know. Eleven. Eleven. Short. Short. Forest. Forest. Whatever. Whatever. Toll booth. Toll booth. All right. Okay, let's go on with the podcast. (laughs) Let's go on with the podcast, and then we'll see if we can remember those words later. Okay, I feel like we need to remind people that we are talking about Fanny Crosby. (laughs) She had an amazing memory. Eleven. Short, forest, whatever, toll booth. <laughs> so honestly, th- when I looked up quizzes for memory, it said ten words, but I didn't want to spend that much time doing. 10 That's words. going to be another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> another podcast. So five words. Let's see if you can remember them. Okay, okay? I've already right. forgot. No, you didn't. Okay. So she memorized scripture. She was a good student. She wanted to learn. And I feel like when she's listening to the music and she's trying to think of the words and the poetry. I feel like having those scriptures in her head made it so much easier. I mean, the words just flowed out of her because it was already there. Yeah. So her mom wanted her to get the best education, and she got her accepted into the New York Institute for the Blind. Amazing. And she was able to study there from age 15 to 23. Yeah. And she spent... All of that time as a student, and then she stayed on as a teacher. For 11 years, she was a teacher after that. Now, at the time when she was a student, she was told that poetry was a distraction. And they wanted Fanny Crosby to just focus on the general studies. Mm. And so she would almost, like, write poetry in, like, secret. Because once she told people about it, they were telling her that she couldn't. Right. A traveling phrenologist... What's that? What's that? Phrenologist. That's like the, a word from the Putnam County Spelling Bee. <laughs> Phrenologist. This was somebody who studied the shape and irregularities of the skull for oh. insights into mental capacity and character. Oh. Now, he visited the school because he was studying skulls. He was so impressed with Fanny Crosby's ability to compose these, this poetry that he told the school that they should let her do that. Oh, okay. He said she is a poetess. Mm. Give her every possible encouragement. He said read the best books to her and teach her the finest that is in poetry. You will hear from this young lady someday. Aww. So even though much of his science and studies are a subject of ridicule today, um, <laughs> what he said and how he encouraged that school it was almost like he was a kind of a prophet. He right. was telling the future. Right. He saw something in Fanny Crosby. All right, so Carrie, let's revisit those words. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Can you remember all five of them? I'll try. Okay. All right. Eleven. Yes. Short. Yes. Forest. Yes. Whatever. Yes. Toll booth. 
Okay. Yes, you got it. <laughs> you got it. Did you get it at home, folks? <laughs> I mean, I hope people know I'm not reading it. <laughs> oh, she's not. I would never let her cheat on this. Okay. All right. All right. So she's at the Institute for the Blind. She teaches grammar, rhetoric, Roman history, and American history. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a fun fact. Are you ready for this one? Of course. Fun fact. She is working in the school. She is dictating her poems. That's mm-hmm. how she, she mm-hmm. didn't write them herself. Right. Someone she else had, did. She said them out loud and someone wrote them down. Her teenage secretary was the future president, Grover Cleveland. That is a fun fact. It is. And the two of them stayed in touch and became friends. And when he was president, uh, they were still in communication. Right. So while she was teaching there, she met Presidents Van Buren, President Tyler, and as an advocate for education for the blind, she spoke to Congress. She was the first female to ever speak in front of Congress. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The other important person that she met while she was teaching was actually a colleague, a man by the name of George Root. He was an instructor of music at the institution, and he wanted her help. He was working on some music, and he felt like he needed her words. He was from North Reading, Massachusetts. Wow. <laughs> That's right near us. That's, That's so the next close town us. over. <laughs> and he invited Fanny Crosby to come back to his house to teach at the North Reading Institute of Music. So during the summers of 1852 and 1853, George Root invites Fanny Crosby back to North Reading, Massachusetts, where they work together. They teach together. She was right here, very close to us. Now, he was writing um, a cantata. He calls it the Flower Queen. And he's asking Fanny Crosby for help. He says he wants to know what the flowers would say to each other. And the cantata became really popular. It was the first American secular cantata, and it was for female voices. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's kind of a fun fact. Yeah. But he wrote the hymn, Jesus Loves the Little Children. Right. You remember? Yes, I do. Jesus loves the little children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all him. All the children of the world. That's George Root. He also wrote the song during from during the Civil War, The Battle Cry of Freedom. Okay. Do you know that one? No. We'll rally dum da dum 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 cry of freedom. That's him. That's George Root. that. And John Williams used that music when he did... <laughs> the saw the movie Lincoln with Daniel Day Lewis. Mm, wow. Right, let's go. To, let's movies. go to the movies. <laughs> yeah, so she collaborated with George Root, mm-hmm. which I think is just amazing. Yes. And I love that she was right here in Massachusetts. And I love that it was the first American cantata. Mm-hmm. I mean, we joke about cantatas at church, don't we? Right. Because the choir is going to sing a Christmas cantata or an Easter cantata. And people are and like, what is that? Yes. Yeah. Like, really? I think when my husband first heard the term, he thought it might have been like a food item. Yeah. yeah. Like a, a cantata, a taco, an enchilada. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, in North Reading, they have George F. Root Lane. Okay. So you, they oh, actually I'm sure have. we've driven by that. We have. It's yeah. off of North Street. So this, the New York Institute for the Blind, mm-hmm. it's such a special place for her. So she met all these famous people. Mm-hmm. She met someone very special. Aww. Her husband. (laughs) And they were married. They were. They were married in 1958. So she was 38 years old when she got married. 
So, I mean, we tell our kids that that's the perfect age to get that's married. That's perfect. That's yes. fine. Yes. But back then, in 1858, I'm sure she was thinking she was never getting married. Right, right. So she meets him. His name is Alexander Van Alstyne. And he is blind as well, and mm-hmm. he's a teacher at the school as well. So the two of them, you know, hit it off at school. They had a lot in common. <laughs> Isn't that every, like, single school teacher's dream, that yeah. there's some single teacher there, too? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they got married, and he was so supportive of her mm-hmm. career, mm-hmm. so supportive of what she was doing, that he actually insisted that she keep her maiden name. Wow. She stayed known as Fanny Crosby. She didn't take on the name Van Alstein. Right, which she could have. Van Alstein? Alstein. Alstein. (laughs) The two of them end up having a baby of their own, and uh, and unfortunately they lost the baby. The baby died, and they never had any more children. Mm -hmm. They're married. They're living in New York. They're going to church, and this is, of course, where she meets Phoebe. Ah, her good friend. Her good friend. Now, Phoebe is a composer. Phoebe is Mm -hmm. a hymn writer as well. Mm -hmm. She isn't as famous as Fanny Crosby. She isn't. So they attend church together at the Old John Street Methodist Episcopal Church in New York City. Okay, so that right there is a riot. It's a a huge name. A Methodist Episcopal Church. Mm -hmm. Old John, and it's old. And it's old. (laughs) It's old. So So they're like a Methodist Episcopalian. I guess. Or an Episcopalian Methodist? I, is it like a combination of the two, or they're just both there, like, independently? Well, I looked up the church. It's still there. It's still there. It's settled right in the financial district. Right. It's actually the oldest Methodist congregation in the United States. Yep. Right on the website. I found their website. Yeah. Right on the website. It says, we have been a friend to John Wesley, <laughs> Fanny Crosby, and Sojourner Truth, and we want to be a friend to you. That's their, like, motto when you go to their website. And I actually went to their website, and they are doing all of their um, church services, like, on Zoom. And on, you can call in. I totally want to call in. I want to call in, too. I want to call in. Yes. Yeah, so, so let's – but now it's not called right. the John Street Methodist Episcopalian Church anymore. No, wait. Don't forget old. <laughs> it's old. no longer called the old John Street Methodist, Methodist Episcopal, Episcopal church. church. Now it's just called the John Street United Methodist Church. Okay. So Phoebe was 16 years old when she married Joseph Fairchild Knapp. Okay. They were only 16. So we definitely want to do the marriage at 38, right? Yeah. yeah. Follow yeah. Fanny's yeah. example. And this Joseph Knapp was the founder of Metropolitan Life Insurance Company. Wow, like the MetLife? Yes, yes. Okay. So they were wealthy. I mean, right. you know. Phoebe lacked for nothing. Right. So... Her husband died before her, and she was left with a large income. I know. <laughs> Much of which she gave to charity. Oh, good. She, when she was living, she, she had the Knapp Mansion. That's what it was called. And it was on Can the, we visit it? It Is was it on the there? corner of Bedford Ave and Ross Street in Brooklyn. Okay. And they called it a palace. So it's the Knapp wow. Mansion, but they actually called it a palace. And I read that she entertained the most prominent people of her day. Are you ready for this quote? She entertained every Republican president, <laughs> <laughs> every Union general, and every Methodist bishop. 
What? I mean, every, every. Every. Yeah, they would come and see her. I read that she was tall and slim with dark curling hair and intense eyes. Mm. She dressed lavishly in elaborate gowns and diamond tiaras. Oh, my. I mean, this was a woman of luxury. Like, just for a regular, like, trip to the grocery store? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think she ever went to the grocery store. Diamond tiaras. Now, she said that she th- was very musical. She ended up writing over 500 hymns, mm-hmm. although we only know about two. Only two are still sung today. Okay. And they both are the two that she collaborated with Fanny on. Aww. Yes. Blessed Assurance. And then the other one is called Open the Gates of the Temple. Hmm. So those are the two hymns that we that. kind of know right now. Yeah. So... After her husband died and she was left with quite a bit of money. I mean, this is someone who owned a life insurance company, right? And you can only have so many diamond tiaras. (laughs) She moved into the Savoy Hotel in New York City. She moved in. And this is Savoy Hotel. You would recognize the picture. Okay. It's right at um, Central Park. And it's that big, big, big building. It had two chimneys up on the top. So she lived there. And she had a pipe organ brought into her room. And it says that she often gave vocal recitals, and they held evening musicals there. Well, and if you were a Republican president, you were invited. You were were totally invited. (laughs) Now, biographers have said that she thought herself a better musician than she actually was. Oh, man. Leave her alone. (laughs) Is that funny? Yeah. So the two of them, I feel, are like these unlikely friends. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. Phoebe was this very rich and wealthy and influential person. And Fanny was a little bit simpler, had more humble ambitions, you know, and and she was blind. And the two of them became friends. Right. So can you think of any other unlikely friends? I mean, you and I are very likely (laughs) friends. Likely friends. Yeah. I don't know. What other unlikely friendships are you talking about? I feel like it's the... When you see the picture of like the tiger and the puppy or something. Yes. Oh my gosh. If you Google unlikely friendships, <laughs> yeah, I, love I, those. I spent hours looking at I love those. Um, YouTube videos. Like a like a gorilla and a bunny rabbit or something. All right, so two famous unlikely friends. Okay, let's hear it. Are the two justices of the Supreme Court, Ruth Bader Ginsburg Aww. and Scalia. Oh. Yeah, so, so Ruth they had Bader been Ginsburg friends. just died recently, a few a few weeks ago. But they were really good friends? They were really good friends, but they disagreed on everything. They were political polar opposites. And Scalia said, she likes opera. She's very nice. What's not to like? <laughs> Except her views on the law. Right. <laughs> Ginsburg, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, was soft-spoken, petite, and, and Scalia was brash and burly. And the two of them butted heads all the time. But away from the bench, these two justices clicked bonding over humor and a shared love of travel and wine. Awesome. I like that. Do you know of any other? So, I don't know. I think of, like, Martha Stewart. Wasn't she friends with the rapper? Was it Snoop, Snoop Dogg? Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, two of them were I friends. I remember them in the video together, in the show, and it was really funny, but you could tell they really liked each other mm-hmm. and had fun. So he taught her his slang, right? Yeah. Now it's a little outdated. But, yeah, so she would be kind of imitating and learning and from him. And she would say, like, faux jizzle. <laughs> faux jizzle. <laughs> And then he went on the sh- her show to like learn how to cook. She le- he learned yeah. how to make brownies. And the and- two of them ended up co-hosting a show on VH1. <laughs> so I silly. mean, when you hear stories like that, like are they doing it just for the ratings? I don't know. But they did seem to like it. And of course, the famous unlikely friendship is, of course, the odd couple. Yes, that's Felix right. and Oscar. Fe- so Phoebe yeah. and Fanny are basically <laughs> they join. Yeah, like they join. Felix and Oscar. 
So, you know, these two were unlikely friends, but right. they did have a huge thing in common, and that was about serving. Mm -hmm. They really did um, serve and give their money away. I mean, Fanny lived in poverty. Basically in poverty. Yeah. And whatever money she made, not that she made a ton, mm -hmm. but whatever money she made, she totally gave away. Right. So... Phoebe and Fanny collaborated to make these two hymns. And, of course, Blessed Assurance is probably the most famous. Absolutely. Yeah, one of them. Absolutely. Um, out of all the ones she wrote. But she wrote thousands of songs. Fanny Crosby was responsible for thousands of hymns. We've seen the number go all the way up to 10,000. Right. Now, I want to tell you about this recent find. So oh. this... Amateur hymnal archivist named Stephen Kelly basically went on like a treasure hunt. He heard that there were some unknown, unfinished manuscripts and compositions by Fanny Crosby, and he set out to find them. Just the words. Just the words. Like, the papers. The papers right. with all of this writing on it. Oh, papers with writing. Can you give us those five words again? <laughs> um, Eleven, short... Forest, whatever, Tollbooth. Nice. All right. Are you with us at home? Are you doing it too? <laughs> so this man named Stephen Kelly tracks down these, these manuscripts, and he finds out that they're being held at a library in Wheaton College. So he flies to Chicago to find them. And they're like vaulted. They're in their archived collection. Nobody looks at these. Nobody touches them. These library aides like literally wheel out carts mm. of boxes, car 20 carts of boxes with all the papers inside. And there Stephen Kelly is with his white gloves, like pouring through these papers, looking at all of this writing. Now, all of the handwriting was written by different people. It was whoever she dictated right. it to. So the handwriting always changed. Um, but he could find that in the corner of every paper, it had her date and her initials, wow. FC, and it was her, her writing at that wow. point. Yeah. So we, they all are at Wheaton College right now. So he, this was his – he's like a treasure hunter, he told me. I actually called him on the phone, and he's <laughs> pretty awesome. He, you can go to his website. It's stephenkelly.com. We'll have the information on our yeah. social media. He has these beautiful wood carvings that he does. He's, he's an artist. He's an entrepreneur. He's a treasure hunter. He's a very fascinating individual. Mm -hmm. So he said that he paid to have all of it digitized. So he wanted these songs to be written. He wanted these hymns, these words by Fanny Crosby to be sung and to be performed. So he worked with a record label. And they found all of these contemporary Christian artists, Michael W. Smith, Paul Balash, mm -hmm. and they took her words and created these new contemporary hymns. So the album was released oh. in 2015 to coincide with the 100-year anniversary of her death. She had died in 1915. You can find it online. You can find it on Amazon. It's fantastic. And they actually do this really cool kind of gospel, soulful rendition of Blessed Assurance, right. which I love. Right. So I definitely recommend it. And they're talking about making another album. I loved talking to him. And, and hopefully, like, in the future, we can talk with him more. I told him if we ever dedicate an entire right. episode to Fanny Crosby, would he come and do an interview right. with us? And he said yes. Oh, yay. <laughs> So this find, this treasure that he f eventually found, um, it was really like 2,700 manuscripts. 
Um, but there were some scores. There were about 200 scores there, and some of them were written by her husband. Right. He yeah. was a musician. Yeah. Right, right. So, I mean, we don't know how many hymns she wrote. We, we really, really don't. don't. 8,000, 9,000, 10,000. But we're going to talk about, about Blessed Assurance right. now. Well, even the phrase, the title, yeah. Blessed Assurance. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, like, dug into that a little bit. Right, because that's not a phrase from the Bible. No. Oh. Now, assurance means to be certain and confident, free from doubt. And blessed is a holy or sacred confidence. So it's an unshakable certainty of the truth. So when you say blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. You are saying he is my Savior and Lord forever without any doubt. An unshakable certainty of the truth. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, even Christians, doubt their eternal security. They don't know where Mm -hmm. they're going to be afterwards. And we can become trapped into the thinking of, you know, are we good enough? Did we do enough? Mm -hmm. Are we holy enough? Could we have lost our salvation? But, you know, Fanny Crosby knew the verse, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. She knew the promise. It is by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. (laughs) What does the Bible say? That's a great verse. Yeah, it's one of our favorites. And, I mean, I really, when I hear blessed assurance, Mm -hmm. I I think of that. Like, Mm -hmm. we are assured our salvation. And really, this song is about heaven. Mm -hmm. It really is. There's a focus on heaven, a place where perfect submission and perfect delight will take place. And the watching and the waiting is our life here on earth. Right. So, you know, as I read the words again, I was kind of thinking that verse two mm-hmm. might have been about the birth of Christ. Oh. Yes. So this is Mary, perfect submission. Mm-hmm. Mary submits to the will of God, perfect delight. Yeah. She's so happy. She has her baby. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. If we're talking about Mary, angels descending, bring from above, they, they're bringing from above, mm-hmm. echoes of mercy, whispers of love. I don't know. <laughs> I just kind of pictured Mary holding her baby in that moment. Yeah, that's a great way of looking at it. But the truth is, is that Fanny has a lot of imagery about vision mm-hmm. in her hymns. Mm-hmm. So, you know, perfect submission, perfect delight. I used Mary as an example. Mm-hmm. But, you know... That is when we submit to Christ and surrender our hearts to him. Mm -hmm. We find true joy. Mm -hmm. We find true delight. When when we look a little bit more on that second verse and thinking of it more personally to Fanny, um, I'm reminded of a quote that we found. when So she's singing about visions of rapture now bursting on her sight. Um, She talked to a minister who said that it was a pity that God took away her sight. A pity. I mean, can you imagine saying that to someone? A pastor? Yeah. (laughs) And she replied, do you know that if at birth I had been able to make one petition, it would have been that I was born blind. Wow. Because when I get to heaven, the first face I shall see will be that of my Savior. So again, I mean, this as a child, she had this really good attitude, right. and even as an adult, she had it too. Right. When she is finally able to see, the first thing she will lay her eyes on will be her Savior. Right. And so I imagine that is exactly what she was thinking yeah. when she wrote that. Yeah, Visions like of that. rapture mm-hmm. that burst on my sight. Now, I love... In the refrain when it says, praising my Savior all the day long. Now, this scripture verse almost has become like our theme scripture verse for Hymn Talk, (laughs) Twin Talk. It's Psalms 104, 
33, and it's, I will sing to the Lord all my life. Mm -hmm. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. And she says, praising my Savior all All the day long. And I went right back to our verse. Yes. The verse that we love, the inspiration for For our hymn talk. For our podcast, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, so do you think it's time to sing the whole thing through for everyone? I would love to. Verse, refrain with the piano. Sing along with us. These words are awesome. And just think of Fanny, our, our female blind hymn writer, against all odds, wrote thousands Thousands of hymns. hymns. She lived a long life. She died at the age of 95. Mm -hmm. And we really can't even fully know the impact that she's had on people. All right. You ready to sing with us? Blessed Blessed Assurance. Blessed Assurance.
one of my favorites for sure. Oh, I think it's a lot of people would say that. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like what you say when you love a song, you want it in your heart and in your head. Mm-hmm. Now that we've learned a little bit about Fanny yeah. Crosby and Phoebe Knapp. She wrote so many songs because her heart and her mind were filled with scripture. Right. Then she depended on the Holy Spirit and listened for his inspiration. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to do our last quiz? Of the <laughs> okay. Five one words? more. One more quick before All we right. leave. Okay. Five words. All um, right. Wait. Wait. I have to get the people at home to try to learn it too. Okay. What are <laughs> the five words? Remember? All right. Eleven. Short. Forest. Whatever. Toll booth. You have a great memory, Carrie. Thank you. I tried. Uh, Well, thank you all for listening all this time. Yes, we had such a great time talking to you about what we learned about Fanny. And you know what? She did so much. I think that we'll revisit her again. Absolutely. You know, but she's someone that we all can look up to. Mm -hmm. She lived her 95 years praising God, Mm -hmm. serving him, and writing for his glory. And we would do well to follow her example by saturating our hearts and minds with scripture and, of course, living to serve others. Fanny didn't complain about what she did not have. She used what she had to the best of her abilities. So we'll leave you with one of our favorite verses, (laughs) 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, (laughs) do all to the the glory glory of of God. God. And we hope that's what our podcast is doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Keep singing, everyone. Bye for now. See you next week on Him Talk, Twin Talk. Twin Talk.